0: Hey, this is Jim Perry, host of EufaMet, and this is EufaMet Dispatch, a bonus show. I'm at home, in between tapings, and wanted to thank everyone for listening to our Season 3 premiere, featuring Ryan Burns and my trip to the Skinwalker territory. This week, we have some bonus content for you. You'll hear an episode from 2016, when EufaMet was a live talk radio show. I shared this on Patreon last week, and felt it could be fun to share with everyone. It features non-dual shamanic healer, Timothy Rothschild, some storytelling, some callers. It was a really fun night. And a taste of Yuva Met's humble origins, before we found our true identity in documentary. So my trip out to Skinwalker was enlightening and confusing. You know, it's a place of so many names, about as many seemingly as the types of entities that are alleged to call it home. It's identity shifting and changing over the centuries, its tales of its origins complex and possibly rooted with a very human belief about the others, about superstition, about religion. And it revealed to me fragility in our relationship with the unknown. I know it's cliche, we fear what we don't understand, but it's apt. And I don't think it solely applies to the paranormal in the case. skinwalker territory whatever the narrative is that people have assigned skinwalker for its origin however reflective these tales could be upon the very culture telling them something is really happening there people have experienced and been touched by extraordinary forces sometimes the real truth of these places of the phenomenon is how it changes our lives How we are transformed. How it makes us shapeshift. Next week, a story of sinks and visitations as Season 3 continues with a new edition featuring podcaster, film writer, and producer Daniel Noah. But before, enjoy this bonus show from the archives, traveling back to 2016 with Timothy Rothschild. I'm Jim Perry. This is Euphemet. Until next time, keep looking up.
3: You are listening to UFOmet with Jim Perry.
0: On March 10th, 1970, the impossible happened. Tucked away in a lab in Leningrad, a frog's heart floated in a solution beating quite Normally the beating became faster, then slower. Finally, it ceased to beat entirely. But this was no ordinary death, nor the result of some scientific experiment of the function of animal organs. It was a test of the mental power of a housewife by the name of Nina Kulajina. Born on July 30th, 1926 in Leningrad, Nina was very much an average, tough Russian woman. She was loyal to her country, joining the tank regiment of the Red Army during World War II when she was only 14. After the war, she married and became a housewife, living what anyone would describe as an average life. Until she began to test if the psychic abilities of her mother might have rubbed off on her. It was during Nina's private attempts at developing these psychic abilities that she seemingly unlocked something within her. The most well-known of these alleged abilities was psychokinesis, PK, or the moving of objects with the mind. Nina could move a wide variety of items, including clock pendulums, crystal bowls, matches, cigarettes, compass needles, bread loaves, salt shakers, and many other small objects often placed in plexiglass boxes to show there were no strings attached. She first became aware of this ability when things would move whenever she would get angry. And aside from her famous stopping of a frog's heart, Nina performed another fascinating feat. She separated an egg. Okay, so that might not sound so amazing until you know that the egg was floating in a saltwater tank two meters away from her and she brought the yoke and white back together again when instructed to do so. But Nina's special powers extended far beyond moving matches and killing frogs. She was said to possess healing powers, healing wounds with the application of her hand, and to be able to diagnose illnesses merely by meeting people. She had the ability to make images appear on photographic paper, both outlines of images she was shown, and the letters A and O. The body could generate a strong electromagnetic field, and even a strong amount of heat, causing burns to form on her clothing and, on one occasion, a red burn patch to appear on the arm of an observing journalist. was in a hospital recovering from a nervous breakdown in 1964, doctors observed that she could reach into her basket and pull out the correct color of yarn without even looking at it. She claimed she was able to see the colors with her fingers. She could even tell people what they carried in their pockets. At the first Moscow International Conference of Parapsychology in 1968, footage of Nina seemingly moving objects with her mind was finally shown to the public. But with the scientific community catching wind of Nina's astounding feats came the heavy hand of scrutiny. Skeptics, including James Randi, have long maintained that none of Nina's apparent psychic abilities were anything more than common trickery and sleight-of-hand illusions, just like Yuri Geller. Nina's publicized experiments were never under laboratory conditions. She was seen at home or in hotel rooms without experts and trickery on hand. It's been claimed that Nina had magnets implanted into her body to manipulate objects. Other telekinetic claims could have employed the use of thin wires or mirrors. Yet, in the USSR, laboratory experiments were performed on Nina, under the pseudonym Nelia Mikolova, by several researchers. They published a report on their experiments, titled Nina Kulagina's Mind Over Matter, in the June 1971 issue of Psychic Magazine. So the Cold War had a little-known side, a psi-race where both the US and the USSR tried hard to become superpowers with superpowers. Telekinesis, remote viewing, automatic writing, and many other mind-over-matter experiments were carried out by both sides in an attempt to turn the human mind into a powerful means of control and weaponry. Unfortunately, many of these experiments were complete failures. It has been argued that Nina was shown off by the USSR in an effort to seem like they were making huge leaps in telekinesis, when in fact, it was all fakery. But even though the Cold War has long since ended, Russia has continued to keep many of its secrets under lock and key. If Nina was such a glowing success, where are the scientific reports? Might they still be housed somewhere in a storage room never to see the light of day? As is the case with so many things, Just because we haven't seen something, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Near the end of her life, Nina seems to have lost the ability she became so famous for. Her exertion in manifesting these powers was blamed for a near-fatal heart attack in the late 1970s. Sharp pain in her spine, dizziness, blood sugar irregularities, failing eyesight, and many other health concerns plagued her. With deteriorating health, Nina stepped away from the endless scientific testing, conducting very limited experiments in labs up until her death in 1990. And so, the full truth died with her, whether or not she ever possessed remarkable abilities, Perhaps faking it when her powers disappeared later in life is a matter of speculation. We will never know if Nina truly had superpowers, but tonight, we'll investigate the idea that we do in fact have powers much like Nina's, waiting to be unlocked, waiting to be realized as a part of our human design. Broadcasting live from deeptalkradio.com and heard on KHUH 100.3 FM Seattle, this is Euphomet, and I'm your host Jim Perry. Another Thursday night, live in the shadow of the Cascades. Thanks so much for joining us again. On tonight's show, another edition of Strange Attractor with Euphomet contributor the psychedelic detective himself tim Rothschild, where we'll dig into the relationship of the human design and the inherent superpowers that we all may in fact possess how do how do we unlock these abilities you know what are we truly capable of do you have a superpower an enhanced ability we'll be taking your calls with tim at 206-452-3301 or on skype at skype name jim perry you also search for UFOmet. Uh You can also tweet us at EufaMet. We've also been using the hashtag #YoufTalk to carry on our conversation on Twitter. Our integrated producer Kai and myself will be on our account while we're on air. So, uh, wow! Once again, I have Planet Weird, Paranormal, and the Occult Museum live stream up. Um, have Have you seen this thing yet? Have you checked it out? Some people are watching it all night long. Some people are just keeping it on while they go to sleep, which is frightening but awesome. I don't think I could do it, but hey, whatever. Um, this is, of course, uh, the brainchild of Greg and Dana Newkirk. You heard Greg call in on last week's show, and I'm, I'm super happy to announce that uh, they will both be guests on an upcoming show Thursday, September 1st, and we'll be talking about the museum and its artifacts. We will also be talking directly with Suzanne. Yes, the woman whose experience we shared last week that's so related to the current investigation into goblin-like beings, Suzanne reached back out after listening to last week's show and confirmed the existence of a huge cave system near her sightings. <sighs> it's crazy. But also, the app comparison of these beings um, she came to contact with being very similar to that of the goblins described in the Hopkinsville case. So... <laughs> Wow, that's that's going to be insane. We'll be live with her and Greg and Dana, and the investigation continues. Okay, so go to our Twitter page to find the link to the museum stream. Um, we're also in the chat room right now, too, with some lovely people that we're talking about the show. And we're talking about the chat room. Um, before we get to Tim, I want to share with you some reaction from last week's show with Ryan Sprague. Uh, this came from uh, listener Diego in Mexico. He says, uh, "Just listen to episode 21, and curiously enough, 21 has always been a key number in my life. So it's not strange for me that I liked it so much, including the Pokemon Go real problem discussion, which I think is an absolute mirror to the kind of generation that is about to come, struggling to accept their reality." Man. People just prefer their avatars. Those are easy to customize. Real-life customization involves effort, right? So, there's a problem. Plus, there's the level-up reward equals few effort and time that generates day-to-day rewards and, quote, does not damage at all, end quote, their real lives. Very incredible game engagement techniques that, as you may know, most of them come from the Skinner box conditioning theory. Now, Diego, I'm actually not very familiar with the Skinner box conditioning theory, if you are, uh, let me know. Jim at euphemet.com. Anyways, just very... He continues. Anyways, just very impressed you brought up the John Max and Bobway case with your guest, Ryan. It's such an underrated case, so badly interpreted, badly studied, and the fact that the witnesses were children, you know, that's the hard stuff. You bring it to the media. If you put it into an angle of reality, children are the most truthful pieces of our society. But you, if you focus it from the way they want... They would say children are just children. They see things and they have a lot of imagination. They, as the ones that manage media and are scaring people around about how dangerous this world has become daily, they just want us to be scared or either ready to consume any garbage that does not transcend further for our human consciousness. Well said, Diego, and and thanks for reaching out. Um, I had a lot of people talking to me about last week's show and... What's wild is that so much of what I heard revolved around the control aspect of what we had talked about, that as much as we need to evolve past this notion of disclosure happening, of us needing to move past this control of alleged information for the real discovery of truth to happen, the fact is is it's not easy. (laughs) Uh, And we certainly don't like the feeling of our reality being controlled. Why do you think this feeling of distrust, even in the midst of apparent non-information, runs so deep with us? What, what do you think? It's like it's, it's hardwired into us at this point. So, well, whatever this case may be, I believe we do have things hidden from us. Certain information, like enhanced abilities. Inherited, but hidden. Just on the other side of the veil perhaps, lies a reality in which we are the stuff of comic books and Netflix shows. Powerful, conscious beings and gods among the earth. Next, someone who perhaps knows a little bit about this. Uh, He's going to help us peek through the veil. It's Tim Rothschild on this live edition of Euphemet, Strange Attractor, Deep Talk Radio Network, right after this. Zoom.
3: How do the Yanks know the mathematics that's involved? Mathematics!
4: Many mysteries up in the world. From the Emerald
3: City and the heart of Cascadia, this is Euphemet with your host, Jim
4: Perry.
0: Founder of the Third Thing Network and co-founder of the Divine Movement, Tim Rothschild is an explorer of consciousness, dedicating his life to healing work and finding innovative ways to expand the collective human experience. As a non-dual Kabbalistic healer, Reiki practitioner, numerologist, tarot reader, comedian, and entertainer, Tim has ventured through the paranormal, conspiratorial, and mystical realms. He uses his experience playing psychedelic detective in order to cleanse the doors of perception, allowing the individual to be in relationship with reality just as it is, kickstarting the process of freedom, enabling them to feel alive again. He is in his fourth year of training of Society of Souls and is a practitioner of the Magi process. He is a co-host of the Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole podcast uh, out of Stand Up New York Comedy Club, host of the Cosmic Perspective and co-host of Cosmic Perspective News on talknetwork.com, as well as contributor for Euphemet with his own investigative series, strange attractor tim welcome back to the show my friend
2: what a wonderful introduction thank you jim it's a pleasure to be here man and i gotta say i love the uh i love the music right it woke me up thank Uh, you it's 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 midnight here on the east coast not too late you know but it's getting there yeah
0: Jeez, man thanks for staying up late I, I, I saw you pumping your fist over there, so I thought like this is this is yeah. working. This is working. It's
2: what, it's what I needed. And then you ended it with the uh, the lightning clap, which I love. Is that a shout out to Coast to Coast AM? A
0: little bit, maybe no, just a like little it. bit. You know, I try to keep those tasteful. I try to keep those rare, but mm-hmm. it's it's gonna happen, right? Like um, yeah, man. So listen, before we get into the heroics of all this stuff we've promised people that we're going to talk about superpowers we're going to tie it into the strange attractor which is a series that we've been continuing here this is maybe the second or third or fourth one um which really dives into our relationship to the human design its relationship to the cosmos and everything else and we'll go into that but Mm. first let's just um for our new listeners let's explain your perspective in which you, you let me let me repeat this again Why don't you first explain a bit to our new listeners the perspective in which you most ascribe to when looking at the world?
2: Yeah, you know, well, to to echo, you know, some of the shows that I do, I've come to call it the cosmic perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's something that I've learned and not only in my own personal journey and my own personal experiences of investigating, you know, the great mystery with a capital M, but it's also what I've learned, uh, learned by uh, moving through the mystery schools, you know, these veins of truths, these eternal truths that, you know, are expressed just a little bit differently, you know, every moment that passes, but you Can find the same qualities that exist in a timeless manner, um, you know, in the ever-present moment. But you know, thousands of years ago, these mystery schools existed and they still exist today. And that's the that's society of souls, which you mentioned in my bio. And for the last four years, they've been waking me up and introducing me very gently and sometimes not so gently to these greater realities. And I've made it my life's work to find very creative ways to communicate the container through which I am now perceiving reality and uh, trying to find a way to meet each person along their journey so they can sort of grasp and take a little bit of what I've found. And um, I've come to actually see this sort of as uh, building bridges, making maps to greater realities and altered states of consciousness and building bridges with my words in order to bring people there.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, I, I'm curious, in in your teachings uh, and along your journey, how, how many different perspectives of of philosophy and theosophy are are you integrating into your perspective
2: now? You know, it's really funny. I I have no idea. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> my my healing work alone. My title I'm a non dual kabbalistic healer using the Tree of Life. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know that alone, you could spend lifetimes upon lifetimes investigating the Tree of Life alone, or or the non dual perspective alone. Each each one of these things are um, uh, parables that you can cleave to, come into close relationship to, and spend your entire life questioning and just deepening and deepening your understanding and you know these things start to allow God or reality to come to you reality opens up you know because I spent the first uh, many years of my life seeking and inherently in that seeking you'll notice that uh, you're never found you know reality or the answers are always just a step away from you and so um, I started the third thing network when I was introduced to and woke up to the third thing that's revealed when you realize that what you are seeking is also seeking you. There is a river, there is the stream of life that flows just beneath the surface of all our neuroses, all our thoughts, all of these dualistic subject-object splits that we live in in this world. There's a river that flows just beneath it, and when you wake up to it, you notice Edgar Casey and all the rest of the great prophets of our time have said that a river flows through us and that's the container that I wish to uh, bring into the world in a new way yeah
0: yeah how interesting I mean is is it, it just my perspective that a dualistic perspective is somehow easier for people to land in and is mm-hmm. that what we're seeing mostly expressed from people right now whether they know it or not
2: Right. Yeah. It's 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 the whether they know it or not thing. Because mm. a lot of people, and myself included, I'm not. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not free of this. You know, when I came into the school as a strong seeker, you know, I really thought that I had this stuff down. You know, mm. I was a philosophy major in college. I'd read a lot. I'd done a lot of seeking on my own, and I, in my opinion, I was making a lot of progress. But um, you know, when I began to realize that um, this seeking was not. Um, It wasn't getting me to where I really wanted to be, where the outside world was meeting my inner world. And that's where um, non-duality really opens things up because, um, for example, you might think that you're free because you have enough money to choose to avoid something that you don't like. Right? That's freedom, right? Okay, I don't like that. So I'm going to do this because I've worked my butt off and now I can do whatever I want, right? Well, I'm talking about the kind of freedom that says, well, what would life look like if you could be happy with doing what you like and doing what you don't like? Because they're both two sides of a third thing. Really, what would life look like Mm. if happiness included sadness? Right. How is that even how is that even possible? Think of just think of the spaciousness that opens up at that point, your your, your ability to uh, make choices, to be free. And actually, what actually ends up happening is you end up uh, dropping into a place of play. It's a place of play. You end, mm. up, you end up realizing that you can really um, you can really have a good time here, you know, and a good time that includes a bad time.
0: How, in, how interesting. That uh, brings me up to so many other questions that I have jotted down here in terms of place <laughs> of play. Let's get back to that because uh, there's a few uh, notions in terms of futurist outlooks, in terms of outlooks from other well-known uh, psychic um, leaders that I need to ask you about later on in the show. But um, so... I I think that's great. I think that gives uh, uh, the listeners a great introduction into where you're coming from and when we're talking about this stuff, some of the resources that you're pulling from. Um, You know, I I first just want to ask you, man, is it your belief that it's possible that people can truly have superpowers or enhanced abilities?
2: Simply put, yes, with a capital Y. Um, You know, now, obviously, we have to take into account each person's own relationship to what superpowers mean, you know, because, you know, we are in a continuum, you know, that's the third thing, you know, a dualistic universe that has a continuum of relationships, you know, we don't necessarily know when spring becomes summer and summer becomes fall, we try to delineate these things by especially this year,
0: right? Am I right?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's it's funny you know the external environment really seems to offer up these these crises for us so that we can mm. start to work through things and start to realize that hey we may not necessarily be as much in control as we think we are ah, you know yeah yeah <laughs> we can walk around labeling stuff and saying oh okay we've got this much time in a day and this is when this starts but then all of a sudden Christmas is in July and hey what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> you know. So um, so yes, I mean, my, my relationship to superpowers, absolutely, and it has been my path the last four or five years to actually nurture and create support systems in my life that activate and uh, support uh, my own personal superpowers. And mm-hmm. uh, we can talk about that and we can talk about – man, I mean – Preparing for the show, I was just quickly off the top of my head jotting down all of the intense and insane and vivid um, experiences that I've had with parts of reality that should not and cannot exist, but yeah, they do.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah. Okay. So.
0: Let's get it. Let's get into it. Let's get right into it. I don't give a shit about my questions. I want to hear what you <laughs> have to say, man.
2: Well, okay. Well, I mean, hmm, let me think. You know, because thinking back, you know. Um, I started to be really interested into this thread of you know superpowers Mm -hmm. you know when I was kind of you know you could say I was activated or introduced to these levels of reality just year one entering into the mystery school Mm -hmm. you know I came in as a really hardcore seeker this guy who was like really intensely asking the questions moving a thousand miles an hour I did everything I could to get a full night's sleep and made sure I was lucid dreaming through the whole night so that I never actually slept and then I woke up And I was hitting the books and bringing them into the world. And uh, my teacher was just doing these really uh, gentle, soft practices with me. And I was losing my mind with how slow the process was going. Mm. But over the next couple of years, um, I started to open up to what some people, what outsiders would perceive as psychic abilities. You know, this is, I'm a a person who is a a college football guy, a sales guy, uh, just kind of like a hard-nosed worker, um, who had no awareness of this whatsoever. I had a few personal experiences that I couldn't discount. So, which led me on the, uh, you know, the seeking journey, if you will, brought me to this school. And now, you know, a year into it, just only a year into these practices, I'm beginning to know exactly who's going to call me before they do. I'm having prophetic dreams. Um, I'm knowing what people are thinking inside their head necessarily, not necessarily, uh, not necessarily trusting any of these things yet. You know, mm. but then, you know, the craziest part is uh, starting to see really vivid colors around people's heads, perhaps seeing a little bit purple shoot out of their crown chakra right as they have a really good idea. <laughs> and I'm like, and you know, I'm still not healed yet. So I'm still, I'm at the bar experiencing these right, things, like right, so right. falling off my bar stool. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, what, you know, you're like, cut hey. off, man.
0: You're cut off. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. You know, um, you know, but now I now now that I have a certain level of mastery around these things, I'm using them to uh, promote healing and 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 bring these ideas into the world. I'm using these as support systems themselves. And you know, these pers- you know from the outside these things that seem like they're psychic abilities. Um, they very casually say in the mystery schools, "Well, you're a holographic thinker, man. You uh, I mean what do you expect? We have linear thinkers and we have holographic thinkers."
3: Holographic
0: and- thinkers.
2: Yeah. The implications of the fact that we have a holographic thinker are profound, um, you know. We have, we, you know, the general, the Western mind, you know, believes that time is linear. And we have, we've addressed this in some of the strange attractors of past, you know, um, no pun intended there. But um, th- we, we, we believe that time is linear. But in fact, uh, it, there's, it's, it could be better understood as a cupness of time. You know, the past, present, and future are all informing you at the present moment. And you're actually swimming in like a cup of time. And uh, all you ever have is the present moment. You know, anybody that's a seeker, you know has understood that but what's it like to actually live into this and the best way i can explain it as a holographic thinker aka psychic is that you're pulling information from places that nece- you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to you can't mm. right so i'll tell you this in the first year one of the first practices that they do that they introduce you to is you sit face to face with somebody and you ask them five questions you know what was your childhood like what was your mother like what was your father like? What was the biggest difficulty that you had as a child? And what is your relationship to your parents now? And what is the greatest difficulty with them now, right? And so somebody is asking you that about themselves. So you, having just met this person, have to answer. And How is, how is that possible? Right. How could you how... <laughs> Right? Right? Well, I can tell you, when you're in a room with a master who is able to generate a specific vibration that has this disability this integrated in their body. The human design is able to project this vibration out and support their environment to do the same. I was about 50% accurate talking about this woman, Caroline's childhood, how difficult it was for her to be so talented yet not have the focus because her father was having trouble with the military and they were constantly relocating. Mm. And I'm looking at, And I'm seeing fighter planes in my imagination. And I'm seeing, you know, and um, it's goofy at first. But what I started to realize was all of these things that I took for granted as just like regular parts of my body that I moved through the world with are actually gateways and doorways to superpowers that you can master and bring you to timeless places. Or in other words, we're living in a hologram. All information is available to you right here, right now. And using your consciousness, since everything is interconnected, interrelated, interdependent, you can learn if you become sensitive enough and you heal enough to flow through these residences and get the answer that you're looking for every single time wow. and the implications of that are, are paradigm shattering it ends everything it ends the whole world that we're living in
0: well it's, it's crazy and it you know it, going back to superheroes right going back to people with, with powers right, right. Is, it, is it in your experience that the way that someone can develop these things, even they, if they, you know, at this moment, don't believe they are powered at any point. Um, once they get an inkling, you know, perhaps experiences synchronicity that seems, you know, t- <laughs> too good to be true. Mm. Are are those moments um, that they can actually focus in on and, and engage with and, and become more powerful because of that?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, well, synchronicity, you know, first off, that, that's how reality reveals itself. You know, so one of the things that happens as you heal and you wake up, the sensitivities in your body in a way that they're no longer controlling you. You know, that's that those sensitivities are no longer a tyrant in your life that you're making choices to avoid. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a you have a strong enough egoic container to hold more reality. So as such, what you have then are are options and choices and the ability to um, see more light. And what I mean by light mm-hmm. is more information. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like then is synesthesia Uh, some people may not be familiar with the word but what that means is you hear sounds you can feel a taste or if you're that woman in Russia you can see colors with your fingers right right this is what I'm talking about. When the human body is awake, the mystery schools teach that you actually are the holographic projection of the universe. You are designed. The human body is special, and it is designed in the direct image of the creator, creator with the big C. And the way I see that, it's just an energy system. It's the river that flows through us. You know, uh, if you're if you're a Christian and you you promote healing, you would call that healing energy uh, Archangel Raphael. You know, Western doctors. They don't know how uh, how to actually heal something or how something heals. All they know is how to provide the right environment through which healing can take place. Yeah. There's an interdependent uh, relationship between everything and a wisdom and every cell in our body where it knows what to do. Uh, the human ego likes to think it's in charge. If you heal that ego, it takes a back door and worlds open up to you. And that's where these superheroes can now have this space. That's the important thing. The, the superpowers can have the space to be. Be nurtured and grow
0: wow that's amazing and you know you 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 brought back some memories actually when you were when we when you were talking I don't think I've shared this with you on the program before or even mentioned it on the program um, I, I may have an in insight but my grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher and one of the things that that he did quite often to his congregation is uh, he laid his healing hands on them and and these people would feel healed they would recover uh to some degree what's what's happening there <laughs>
2: <laughs> like everything else, there are many avenues for questioning, and there are many things that can possibly be going on there, right? Obviously, we know through testing that the placebo effect is very real. Right, you know, right. we also know that we have a lot of people that know how to lie to themselves and refuse to see reality. You yeah. know, and that is generally, you know, I'm in I'm in the stand up comedy world a lot with the Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole podcast. So one of the funny jokes that me and my my, my co host have all the time is, you know, we laugh not at but we laugh at the situation. The goofiness of somebody with a fragile ego that goes on stage and tells the worst possible jokes um, and and actually goes off the stage. Nobody laughs. They go off the stage and they think that they did phenomenally well. Phenomenally <laughs> well. They, sure. their, their container is not strong enough to take in the truth of the light because uh. they will shatter they uh-huh. will shatter right uh-huh. so you heal the ego enough to, in order to be in relationship with reality just the way it is so you can see the truth but to answer your question there's a lot of things that be going on you know i mean you you said your grandfather it's yeah. your grandfather you know he may very well have healing hands they very well have healing hands on the other side of it there may be all that other stuff going on you know who knows you know who yeah. knows if he's even telling you the truth or or what you know, yeah. we don't know yeah you know but I can tell you through personal experience, which is what everybody has to have in order to truly know the truth. That's the whole point of this. Um, I've experienced it and I've seen miracles occur. And now I realize that miracles are simply the science that we cannot yet explain. It's a part of the process.
1: Mm,
0: how interesting. Now, let me get your take on this. Why are these things shut off or so dull for most people?
2: These the, the senses,
0: the, 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 the powers, these powers mm. that we can possess.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I do. I consider them the senses. I really do. You know, and it's a it's a combination of our ability to perceive. Um, And then what it is, is it's the magic of willpower meeting sort of like the science of the qualities that exist within us, you know, Mm. and it's like the art, the art, the art. It's a better way to put it, the art of willpower, you know, because it's a creative process. How do I put enough pressure or drive into a situation as I understand what I'm capable of? So you train the capabilities. Is by healing right and that that increases your sensitivity to perceive and understand what's going on and then you'll know what to do and when you'll always be in the right situation at the right time. Because you've healed yourself enough to get out of your own way and you realize that there's another current that's driving you and you'll find that you're in alignment with it. I call that riding the wave. You know, That's okay. kind of what I've pointed as. You know, when, you, when you're riding the, the little I, the little personal self with the little imagination and the little ego, when he's in a rightful place, you realize that there's a river that's actually directing you the majority of the time. Uh, you've just been fighting it like crazy.
0: Mm, interesting. So in your opinion, is there any outside forces, perhaps societal, you know, uh, perhaps n- nurture, um, that, th- that stops us from experiencing these heightened senses or powers from when we're born, right. uh, is an experience that that at some time was, was natural. Was, mm-hmm. did we come out of the womb and just have a, a, a more intrinsic knowledge about how to use these powers or you know is there something different now
2: well first first i want to say um one thing that you know we we operate in cycles you know time is cyclical it's not linear you know it's also it's it's even de- at the greatest depth it's like a cu- it's like a cup but you can track it and all the ancient cycles track it as though it's a cycle so history doesn't repeat it rhymes with the same qualities mm-hmm. whatever qualities exist in this environment it co-creates with each new incarnation so um an incarnation could be a human being with a certain amount of creative potential programmed into it right but how is that creative potential going to unfold in relationship into this dimension and this environment, right? So there's that co-creative quality to it. So, uh, there have been times, yes, when, um, the human design was awake to much different realities and we had a much different psychology. If, if we even had a psychology at the time, you know, Mm. because, Mm. um, you know the mystery schools teach you that there are many different universes that we live in. You know the physical dimension, the psychological internal world. Uh, there's more like the, there's the realm of of creativity, which meets relationship just as it is, meets objects just as they are, free of our egoic hypnotic delusions that are built into the process to keep us alive until we wake up to the fact that we don't longer need these unhealthy patterns. You know mm. this whole this whole process unfolds in a really beautiful cyclic way but always in relationship to each other so yes in the past things were different in the future things will be different but all we have is the present moment now to come into relationship to and, um, and and watch what unfolds from there
0: how interesting we have a caller on the line now caller where are you from
3: Brooklyn New York
0: how are you doing tonight? do you have a question for Tim or what is, what is your insight on this do you have a superpower
3: yeah. yeah so am I on the air right now yeah you are Okay, so I'm actually a colleague of him and I'm very glad that he told me about this show because I love the network and I I really like your hosting. Oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, I wanted to say that I'm not really comfortable with the term superpowers because I think it is... uh, Look, let's, let's just be clear about what we're talking about. We're talking about innate abilities designed into the human form, right? We're not talking about anything extraordinary, except for the fact that most people are unable to tap into these things for whatever reason, and I know that you're just talking to Tim about that a few minutes ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: you know, but but I mean, what I want to, you know, uh, in the program that we do, which is called Cosmic Perspective News, and I think this is part of a larger philosophy, I think it is very important to demystify the truth that have been shielded by the mystery schools for thousands of years. Mm. Um, and to, you know, whatever is of use in that sphere to bring them to bear on things like journalism and other areas of endeavor. But in other words, um, I know superpowers, that sound really cool, and they may be superpowers from a certain perspective, but what we're talking about are things that, for a number of reasons, whether humanity wasn't ready to delve into this, or uh, these were in, uh, pieces of information that was kept from the human race, um, uh, these were things that were already there. So the mm-hmm. question is how mm-hmm. to how to uh, tap into these things, and I would say safely, <laughs> 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 because this is not a toy we're talking about here.
2: Right. Um, some
3: of these, some of some of the things that. Uh, uh, humanity is capable of uh, you know even in a mundane sense are are pretty extraordinary what we're talking about now which we would have called you know paranormal you know until recently or maybe we still call these things paranormal um, i don't know i'm, I'm gonna, maybe i'm going off subject here but you know something that has occurred to me on many occasions is how dangerous the things emerging from the human human imagination are to ourselves and, you know, it has occurred to me that, um, and, and many people, not just me, and uh, I'm sure Tim and, and, and I have discussed this and many people have discussed it, how the wisdom is not there. You know, there's intelligence, there's intellect, there's science, and it's unyieldingly progressive, pushing ahead. But there's very little wisdom, uh, you know, and, and, uh, that is there ready to deal with these these things.
0: Yeah, how interesting. I, I guess I would ask you, and, and this is... Can, can I say your name on the air? I know who you are. You mentioned your show. Is that uh, okay? My name? Yeah, you should say
3: my name. I'm yeah, William, yeah. William I'm Kern. William. Yeah. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. w- William, I'm actually a huge fan of your guys' show as well. And uh, when oh. you appear on Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole, it, those are my favorite mm-hmm. episodes, my friend. So oh, really?
3: Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> kind of, was kind of an odd uh, um, uh, context for me. Yeah, but, uh, I, I think I, I really do enjoy being there. I enjoy them. I th- I
0: think you do brilliantly. I'll, I'll ask you I'll ask you this, William. While I have you on here, um, mm-hmm. how do you mm-hmm. feel um, these topics? Right, these these uh, you know these inherent abilities um, mm-hmm. should be should be approached to the greater mass to, to inform them. Uh, that not only of you know, their presence, but to, you know, create That's some sort of... That's what
3: I think of... is going on. That is what I think is going on. That is what I think Tim, Timothy is doing. That is what I think Timothy and I are doing. That is what I think you are doing, and we're all doing, because I think what's going on here is that these truths that have been shielded by the mystery schools for thousands of years are being made available on a wide scale. That's the idea. And for whatever reason, if this... Point in history seems, and Timothy and I have discussed on many occasions, what we used to call the, you know, the veil between the seen and the unseen, in a sense, is being torn away. Partly that's a result of scientific research and just, you know, a natural progress of, you know, learning and part of it has to do with the uh, human design and, and perhaps Certain types of cosmic radiation that happen to be entering the Earth system at this particular moment in history. Mm. That's another huge area of endeavor that would be a sort of an Alice Bailey kind of an area of endeavor. Um, so, you know, for whatever reason, as I was saying, there, there are people, uh, and I believe Timothy is one of the people that is a uh, a channel of information. Uh, that can be um, useful to the curious about these things. You know, I, I wouldn't would, uh, you know, sort of like push this sort of thing on anyone. But for those who are interested enough and are, I would have to say, bold enough, because uh, it is daunting sometimes to deal with the infinite within ourselves.
4: It, it absolutely is.
3: It's scary at times. It I mean, is. I I think you know somebody like Terence McKenna has described this uh, very well. I mean, that there are people that do lots of meditation and chanting, and I'm all for that, and I think that's great but it's nothing like the knee knocking you might get before, you know, eating some mushrooms. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And I think, (laughs) you know, all all, all together, we're trying to do our best to like, just sort of communicate this message with the greater public and, you know, just kind of talk about this shit, you know, lift that veil a little bit. Uh, William, thanks so much for calling in, man. I appreciate it. And everyone should go check out your your show. We are gonna be, uh, we're gonna be, we're gonna be right back with Tim Rothschild. We're gonna be also taking your calls. So, yeah, do that. You're listening to Euphemet. Deep Talk Radio Network. met live with tim rothschild and we are talking about well shit tim after william kern comes in and uh you know dismantles the word uh or the term superpowers i feel <laughs> i feel bad about uh saying it but we are we're talking about superpowers because that's what people know that they are they live within this 3d reality construct that we're all familiar with and all this other stuff is pretty heavy all right so that's that's why We're going to use it for right now. Uh, Do you believe we may have hidden superpowers? Do you or someone you know have them? Uh, We're taking your calls right now, 206-452-3301. We're on Skype, Skype name Jim Perry, or find us at YouFaMet and use uh, hashtag YouFaTalk on Twitter. The conversation continues on there. Tim, um, where we left off, you know, we we left off talking about the control system a little bit, and we were talking about how you know this is stuff that we have known perhaps forever, and techniques in unlocking these these powers. Um, you know, William Kern said they they've sort of been hidden by the mystery schools, and this information is now getting out. Do you get the sense that? There is a greater interest right now that if everything is, is cyclical, right, that, that we're on like some sort of upturn and the veil is thinning.
2: Yeah, ab- absolutely, man. You know, you know, I talk about that, the the co-creative environment, you know, that relationship between the, you know, what we have in the external world and the creative potential that we all have within us, you know. I mean, take a look at the environment that we're in now, which is the internet alone. You know, information, which is light, is being sent all around the universe right now at like really quick speed, all around the globe. So um, our egos are encountering this light and some people are freaking out and shattering and coming apart because they're seeing the truth. Of the situation, and then others are seeking healing, and other people are, you know, ignoring it. You know, but all all of this stuff is taking place right now. So all of this light is being thrown around in all these dark places, and we didn't have this ability to do so before. So, you know, I mentioned, you know, when we were talking about time, how it's cyclical, and the same qualities seem to repeat. So history rhymes. You know, it doesn't necessarily repeat, but it does. It does rhyme, and you have echoes of the past and these times that are to come again. And right now, you know, we have. Yes, that like this time where people are actually waking up to the mystery schools. If everybody knew and had access to these mystery schools, there would obviously be more demand, you know. When I was in sales, I knew one of the number one rules was knock on enough doors and somebody's gonna answer. So as long as this truth keeps knocking on these doors, people are gonna open up to it. And then you've got that cascading effect, you know, the Jones effect from this guy who's over there, you know, he knows every time you're gonna call, you know, you're gonna be like, Hey, I wanna be like that guy, you know. And but there's like there's so there's so many different reasons why this information spreads but you know, uh, you know, I, I wanted to mention this too about time. You know, what I've what I've been taught, and uh, what was actually, it, you know, it hadn't necessarily taught this, so I could be wrong. But what I've been experiencing, what was revealed to me, because I'm on a kabbalistic path, and what that says is that reality comes to you; it's revealed to you when you're ready. Uh, what was revealed to me was that the experience of time uh, is actually relative to creative potential unfolding into the environment. That's why I'm so hot on this right now because hmm. it's it's getting really vivid to me and you know when I say vivid I mean dimensionality to it you know and so I'm starting to really see this from a new way and then you know you hear about you know the art bells of the world who wrote with Whitley Streeper the book The Quickening and you hear about the nature of this singularity that we're all approaching as time seems to be like spiraling down the drain so these cycles are happening faster and faster and faster well that that is is a, is a perfect example of what you're asking here is there a time where this creative potential and our potentials are able to unfold into the environment a little more vividly and my answer is yes and right now we're just creatively using superpowers as a bridge to, to bridge that gap you know but this is exactly what's happening this renaissance or golden age has been here before and it'll be here again and we will also fall asleep again and come to this the place that we are again, but it'll be a, just a slightly different uh, expression of the same qualities, mm. constantly repeating themselves.
0: Well, sp- well, speaking of singularity, two weeks ago, I spoke to transhumanist presidential candidate Zoltan Istvan, mm. and he spoke of a future of enlightened beings um, merged with technology. Could you imagine a situation where technology could actually help us in unlocking these these natural powers, um, you know, by, by way of perhaps enhancing our consciousness or – do you think there's a possibility in that?
2: Yes. You know, I've, I've actually um, assaulted my teacher with that question for ten, like, like <laughs> about a Tem. thousand times. Yeah. Settle down. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she sued, saw it coming a thousand years ahead of time. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I really I, – I kept throwing
0: – Not with your the, brutish frame.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kept throwing that question at her in different ways, and basically, the way I phrased it was, you know, what's the difference between using a word or would we'll say pencil and paper as technology to communicate something, and then hooking yourself up to a supercomputer that knows everything before it even happens? Mm. You know, where's where's the difference there? You know, um, because it's all technology. You know, and uh, what that revealed to me was the continuum of relationships that are expressed. That each unique personal being meets what is. So the what is right now that we're talking about is technology. You know, technology is neither good or bad. The consciousness that's in relationship to it, uh, it really dictates what that thing is. And so what we have here is humanity waking up on all these different levels with all these different uh, uneven levels of development and unintegrated parts and peaks into, you know, different pieces of what they perceive as the whole of reality, you know, using technology. So you've got these unhealed egos that really are in many ways impatient and power hungry. And then you've got these other people that think it's going to, you know, depurify and demystify you know, all of humanity so they want to go back to the basics and then you've got everybody in between and the best part is that's all built into the process and nothing is written in stone we have to meet each moment and then the next step reveals itself so I'm watching this and I'm keeping track day by day to see what crises are breaking down, who's waking up to what and what creative potential is unfolding and what's the consciousness that's actually creating that and this is what drove me to get into healing work first and foremost because I i said if i can't control the future because i woke up to the fact that i'm actually not in control here the only way that i can guarantee that um i have the consciousness that's going to be able to perceive enough of what's going on to be in the right place at the right time i gotta heal and the only way that i can heal others and heal myself is a non-dual path and that's where i found the stream of life that third thing that that that's driving all of this in the first place
0: yeah well whoo I I mean I I still have a little bit of a, I have a little bit of a trepidation when it mm. comes to what the future really entails, and if we'll be ready for it, if uh, we will be uh, awake enough. Um, we actually have a have another caller, caller. Where are you coming from? Hey there, caller. Are you? Are, can you hear us? Are you there?
1: Are you there? Oh yeah something was wrong with my uh i guess my mute button or something
0: hey no worries thanks. hey no worries thanks, thanks for calling it's in. wolfman for calling in. wolfman
1: I got. Wolfman. yeah For powers i got
0: yeah w- what do you got man <laughs>
1: yeah w- what do you got man got a few. i guess you could call
0: <laughs>
1: um one that's very interesting uh The thing that I've done is um, actually like a human capacitor. I was able to to suck static electricity out of the air and build it up to a point where I can actually shoot visible electricity bolts out of my fingertips.
3: Wow. Wow.
1: I threw my brother right across the room once. I didn't realize that that it was going to get that powerful. Like, It started out with just... When I was a kid, just walking across a certain carpet that was made of uh, animal uh, fur and, uh, and just playing around with that. But then I was actually um, meditating one time and after doing that, I was able to just, while I was meditating, just instead of walking on the carpet, I, I was able to just meditate and just, and just suck it into my body like just while I was sitting there without even moving. And I just built it up to the, I felt like I was really, really fully charged. And then I tried, I tried it on my brother. I guess that wasn't very smart. (laughs) He went flying probably about six feet across the room and then flew into this couch. He screamed at me, don't you ever do that again? My God.
0: (laughs) Wow.
1: Wow. So we, we, uh, we, um, Tried it out, like, we, we were thinking, because actually we were both on mushrooms, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, we were, <laughs> so we were thinking that maybe this is just, like, we're both hallucinating. This. I don't see how we could both hallucinate the same thing, but... Um, so we tried it out on a, on a radio that was sitting on my grandmother's uh, uh, freezer in the basement. And I fried that radio and the freezer and the, the wiring... All the way back to the fuse box was all melted. Wow! Wow! No. The next morning, w-
0: Wolfman, uh, we're we're getting quite a bit of delay. Do you have it on speaker right now?
1: Um. No, I. I no, it's just on my phone. I, I don't think it is. No.
0: Okay. Uh, no worries. Um, are you still experiencing? Uh, these powers, do you do you still have them? Did you, um, you know, are they still present in you?
1: I, I can't do it every time I try once in oh. a while, but when I was younger, I could do it every time. But it's like probably from not using it and just, you know, getting to the normal humdrum of life. And then I, do, I don't practice, meditate as much as I used to. So I don't have it as as, as definitely as strong as when I was younger.
0: Yeah, how interesting. I've, I've uh, talked to Tim on a personal level about that sort of thing before, actually, in terms of, you know, Tim, it seems like uh, you can possess this you can possess this stuff and feel real good about it. But if you're mm-hmm. not careful, if you slip into, you know, perhaps a, you know, sort of more day-to-day, uh, as, as you described, Wolfman, like a humdrum sort of um, daily life, You know, it's been in my experience, you kind of lose some of this stuff, right?
2: Well, you know, you you hear the stories of all these, you know, I guess these days you call them indigo children, but these very awake children that get these superpowers beat out of them by the environment, and they fall asleep in the state of hypnosis, and it's turned off, you know. They're awake to these greater realities for a certain amount of time. They say those things that they do, and, you know, the parents tell stories about it for years to come, but, you know, they they don't remember it, and, you know, I see that as the same mechanics that are existing here, and, you know, William Kern, when he called in, he mentioned Terrence McKenna. I remember hearing several Terrence McKenna stories about his time in, um, you know, shamanic, you know, ceremony using psychedelics and, you know, uh, the wolfman had mentioned using magic mushrooms. And, you know, there's something about that state of consciousness that creates a different kind of reality. He was saying that in one of these tribes um, – they they used gossip as a way to uh, hint at somebody that they were acting or behaving in a wrong manner and there's this one guy who's like the nephew of the of the head of the tribe who was basically getting away with everything and treating everyone poorly and so, and Terence McKenna and his girlfriend and his friends were there for ceremony uh, they they couldn't take it anymore and his girlfriend during ceremony, shot laser beams out of her eye and knocked the guy 10 <laughs> feet back into his teepee. And all of, the sh- all of the shamans nodded in appreciation that this white girl had some real powers and was not like, was it, was fed up with the situation? Everybody took it in stride. So, um, wow. when I was, so you know, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, do what you will with that, you know what I mean? It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, Wolfman, is, is this something that you, you know, y- it's kind of slipped from you. And it's, fu- you know, this is another thing. Some people have these experiences of inheriting or finding, you know, awesome powers. You know, these great abilities. But it seems so often they're, we, you know, we forget them. Or we just don't use them, or they become novelty so quick, even though they're so incredible. It's almost as if there's a, you know, a disconnect between, you know, our 3D reality world and what we can handle. Tim, is that related to our ego? Is that what's going on there, or are we not ready
1: for hey, hey it? Hey, Jim. Sorry, I'm gonna have to let you go. I'm on a break at work. I gotta go back in.
0: <laughs> you got it, Wolfman. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, keep listening and calling again, man.
2: For sure. Hey, cheers. Great show, guys.
1: Thanks so
0: much.
2: Thanks, Wolfman. Hey, so ask me, ask me that question one more time just so I have it right.
0: Yeah, it almost seems as if our ego, perhaps, gets in the way of us fully accepting what our gifts may be.
2: True. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the ego prefers. Well, the ego is always asking the question: How can I be safe? And how can I be happy? You know. So um, unless somebody is intentionally moving into that realm using something like black magic as a form of power and control, you know, a negative expression of an unhealed and and you know uh, an ego that perceives its environment is unsafe, unless it has power and control. You know, what you have then is somebody who's probably scared of these superpowers or scared in one way or another. And fear Fearful of what may become uh, if they open up to those levels of reality, you know. So naturally, one of the things the ego does is cast a spell, basically on your consciousness, drop you into a hypnotic state, and lock you in the memory of a life that does not have that uh, ability. Wow.
0: Huh. Yeah. I mean, I've I you 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 know, Tim, I've experienced this before, and I've actually come to you and and been like hey man you know usually i'm v I'm very intuitive you know and and I'm able to pay attention and take things in and integrate um certain things into you know my day to day life that makes me feel a bit heightened and you know i I, I brag often about this but you know um Andrew said that you know I'm talented that I have a of, <laughs> I have a lot of uh, you know qualities to become quite quite a great psychic so you know, I guess what I'm saying That's thats a shitty feeling to have When you feel like you have this power And it's gone
4: Right
0: uh, We have another caller Caller, where are you from?
4: Hey, I'm from New York
0: Hey, thanks for calling You're with uh, hey, you Jim and doing? Tim
4: Hey, how you guys doing? How you doing, Tim? It's Nick. Hey, not bad Thanks for calling, man How you guys doing? What you guys talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs>
0: we we are talking about, and I'll quote this, uh, uh, we are talking about, quote, superpowers, end quote, and, uh, and our relationship to said powers as, uh, human design. That probably sums it up pretty okay. good, right, Timbo?
2: Goddamn right.
0: <laughs> how about, how about you, Nick, uh, do you have any sort of heightened abilities or powers, or what, what is your take on all this?
2: Um,
4: I mean, I've looked into a bunch of this stuff before. Uh, I mean, I feel like I've had uh, kind of like an energy thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I feel energy is very well. So you're uh, saying... to explain.
2: Yeah, well, Nick and like, Evan, it sounds like you're awake to some level of sensitivity. Is that what you're talking about?
4: Yeah. Because, yeah. like, throughout my family, apparently, it has had, like, weird stuff, powers and stuff.
0: Yeah, and you feel like you've right. maybe inherited some of that?
4: Yeah. because especially when I'm on like, you know, shrooms or something, I you feel it, you know. Like I don't know, it's very different. Yeah. Like uh I, don't know, I could feel energy through the room, like I could feel like how someone's feeling exactly. Um, I don't know, I have weird dreams where I get certain energies from it and I could like tell what's going to happen, you know, just from like the feel of the environment. Right.
0: Yeah, Tim. It really seems as if Nick Nick's hitting on a, on this great point here. It it seems as if uh, these things can be inherited, in mm-hmm. a sense. How how many times do, do you talk to people and they tell you that they have some sort of ability, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, by I'm the way, bad, like, so oh, by bad, the so cool. way, so did my mom. You know.
4: Yeah. Like, um, well, my dad. He's told me. Um, Pretty much with my grandmother, she apparently was able to, like, predict the future in certain ways, and she was very scared of this, because it was a long time ago, you know, a lot of people didn't understand what was going on in the world. So, um, she had my dad, and he, uh, to the day he passed, he was able to just lay on his back and pass out, and ask to project, like, immediately. Wow. Every single time. So. He said when he turned eight, he did this for the first time. And he told my grandmother, and she was like, don't do it. And he said that screwed him over a little bit. Like, you know, he wasn't <laughs> able to do it as well until really he trained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ha-
0: have you tried that before, Nick?
4: Um, I- I've never, like, tried, tried, like, looked into it and had a really... I have, like, some bucks he left me on it. Like, it, from what he told me, it sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's... Psh- it certainly does.
4: Yeah, Tim. He told me he's fly and all that. You
0: know, is this something that you're scared of? You there, Nick? Hello, Nick. Are you there? Yeah. Hey, um, Sorry. is no worries. Is this uh something you're scared of? Developing your senses.
4: I, I mean. Um, Recently, like, I'm 20. I'm young into the, you know, spiritual aspects of everything and, you know, the cosmic world. And, like, uh, my father kind of told me a little bit when I was, like, 16, but I really got into it. So I've always wanted to, like, learn how to really take these aspects and use them, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Tim, what are some of the things that Nick can do to, you know, practice this?
2: Well, You know, I always talk about support systems, right? Um, The spiritual journey. A lot of people, they want to jump right to these superpowers, either to prove to themselves that they're real or just, you know, escape the mundane nature of, uh, you know, everyday physical reality. And I can tell you, you know, I was one of those as well. Um, But I'll tell you this. If you take the path of integrity and you install support systems where you know that you're on a healing journey, whatever healing means to you, returning to wholeness. So for me, it looked like, you know, a series of meditations every day yoga uh, talking to healers and you know working with different modalities to bring myself into relationship okay. <clears throat> you know all those kinds of things what i found was there were more than enough gifts and rewards along the way as long as you were doing these practices without the expectation of getting those gifts um, it's built into the process reward is just as present as losses we're in a dualistic universe it's all right here and they're all going it's all fleeting, you know, so it's going to be here and then it's going to be gone, but it, that that's thats just the way it is, so you, you stay with that as it is you ride the wave, you put the support systems in place, and each time you deepen your relationship to reality, you'll see more and more of those more wondrous aspects, if you will because reality, my man, is filled with wonder
4: I know, I've been searching for it all, you know, trying
0: to <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep doing it, man, well thanks so much for calling in Nick, and uh, call again, man
2: Oh, no problem. I got you. Do Thanks, you good, Nick. guys? Have a good one. Have a good one, man. Hey, Jim, let me tell you. Can I, can I tell you a quick story? Yes. You know. Because, you know, as a part of this, um, you know, the notes that I was taking in terms of, you know, the superpowers that I've witnessed available to the human design, you know, it's impossible not to run into the sadhus and the mystics and the holy men in India, you know, or the people that some would call saints. And I have a very special relationship that uh, I have developed with a saint that died in 1972. His name is Neem Karoli Baba, affectionately called Maharaji, as many holy men are in India. But this is, you know, Richard. Richard Alpert, who became Ram Dass's guru, you know, when, you know, when, you know, the Harvard Psychedelic Club, if you will, the time of the, you know, the 1960s with Ken Kesey, Timothy Leary, Richard Albert, you know, all these people were seeking for these answers, and some of them ended up going on East, and, uh, and they, they really found them, you know, they founded these people who they called the knowers of all hearts, you know, the knowers of everything, you know. And this guy Maharaji uh, ended up, you know, uh, you know, basically baptizing Ram Dass into this new life, Ram Dass meaning servant of God, you know. And now we've got all of these dasas spread throughout the world from this one blossoming flower among all these different humans, you know. And the reason why I lay that backstory is because, you know, when I first started on my journey, I just, I became fascinated by the story. You know, you end up to, you know, finding parallels among other seekers and bumping into the same things that they found along the way, because you know this path is is very weird. It's very risky. There's a lot of unknowns, um, and you know a lot of the times what you have to do is you have to find a good teacher who says, "Listen, this is the map. Uh, when you get to point A, you can expect point A, and, and you know if you get there, and you get, and, and what you find is what I say you'll find, and then go to point B, and so on and so forth. And over time, your trust in the map grows, and your trust in your teacher grows, and that's how this this guru operated, and. Um, I can tell you that you know uh, about a year ago, maybe no, it's maybe maybe about a year and a half now. I was um, I had completely left my old life behind. I quit my job as a fantastic job, making a lot of money. I, I didn't have much in savings because I was always a partier, but I had uh, just enough to do what I needed to in order to move into a new career and take this new path. And I was down to about twelve dollars. I had no money left, and uh, <clears throat> I really had nothing else lined up at the time. And I was never going to give up this movement into greater consciousness and figuring out a way to bring these ideas into the world. So I'm sitting there having, you know, uh, what what should have been a lot of anxiety, but a a calmness had settled over me one day. And I ended up listening to maybe seven or eight hours of talks by Ram Das talking about his spiritual guru. And that night I felt compelled to order some pictures from an ashram uh, out west, uh, excuse me, out east, um, somewhere in New Mexico. I ordered some pictures, which is supposed to be like a great blessing of the saint. Uh, I ordered some Hanuman statues, who's a Hindu god that's like a servant of Ram. And um, I set up an altar for the first time in my life, and I fell asleep that night. And uh, when I fell asleep, I, I was awoken by my grandfather who had come into my bedroom. And uh, I asked him, I said, Grandpa, what are you doing here? He didn't say anything. He walked out of my room. And then in behind him walked Maharaji, a saint who had died in 1972. He, he, I, I was paralyzed. I was lying on my bed completely locked up, and I couldn't move. He laid down to my left. He put his right hand on my left breast and squeezed it uncomfortably tight. And then he put his left hand on my stomach. I felt a strange vibration flow through my body. For a few minutes, he got up, put a wire wrapped up in a weird way into my cell phone and walked out of the room. As soon as he walked out of the room, I was free of my paralysis. So I stood up to grab the wire out of my cell phone, felt compelled to grab it. I pulled the wire out and I felt a a wah, 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 wah moving from my right hemisphere of my brain to my left back and forth like crazy. Until I shot back into my body I realized I was completely in the astral plane And having an out of body experience I shot up out of my bed And realized that I just received a healing From a saint who had died in 1972 Now let me tell you let me tell you, in the healings that I had heard that day, or the, excuse me, in the uh, in the in the, the talks that I had heard that day, I was told that what happens when a saint realizes a certain point of realization, they cannot help but answer to the call of the sick or people in need. It's just the nature of reality. They have all medicine wants is to heal. So I was crying out that day, without even quite realizing it, but I was crying out that day, and I received my help. And what had happened? This is the most. fascinating Fascinating part, and until this happened, I never would have been able to talk about this. Is I had body dysmorphia my entire life. I was made fun of as a child for having, you know, women's breasts or whatever because I was overweight, and it was something that really ate me up inside. And it actually drove me on a path to become a really strong football player, bodybuilder, and all of these things because I couldn't handle having an ounce of body fat on me because I was so distorted in my perception of myself. And this had actually led me to have so. Watch Pain in my body and such a tightness that I was having, uh, I was having like degenerative discs and herniations and all these things. I was in so much pain, but I couldn't stop working out. And uh, I got to say, having $12 in the bank and all these things, I was in a really tough spot. But I never in a million years would have taken a look at that aspect of my consciousness if I hadn't been grabbed in the one spot that I was more self conscious about than anything in the whole world. And I could never even tell anybody for like 28 years of my life, I couldn't tell anybody about this fear, but this saint, somehow, I became awake to him promoting a healing on me 30 or 40 years after he died, freeing me of this prison, opening me up to an entire new path of yoga and healing, and ended up becoming my job, which has now become the divine movement, which is so successful, so I just want to give a little insight into what these extraordinary beings with superpowers are actually able to do. Even after they die, it was unbelievable. Wow. Well, I
0: have chills right now, Tim.
2: Dude, I mean, I mean that was—I mean—and I, mean, I have—I um, have many more stories like that, um, and I wrote them all down. But that—that that seemed like the right time to tell that one because there's that when I talk about reality being filled with wonder, I'm not kidding. Well,
0: what you know? What would a world look like, and where each of us could exert? the full range of our senses. Mm. (sighs) I mean, take us to a place. You know, let's visualize, let's paint a narrative. What What does that world look like?
2: I'll tell you what, man, it's not patriarch, it's not matriarch, it's partnership, it's relationship. What would it look like if you could truly show up in every moment, just as you are, right? What would it look like if right and wrong no longer mattered? And there were two sides of a third thing. And everybody is in that flow state, in that perceiving this dualistic reality, not through the eyes, not with that Cartesian theater in the brain that wants to understand and itemize and do something with. What if you could perceive everything through the heart? What would life look like then? And that's actually a part of the great mystery that we'll never understand. And that's a big part of what drives me to do the work that I do because I'm constantly standing in awe of what's created when you have one foot in the known and one foot in that mystery and uh, you know you can use your imagination all you want it's amazing you know you can see these pictures of what's p- what's possible but um, it's like a painting you know we talk about we were talking about before the show when we were thinking about doing this you know how joking around about how X-Men is a documentary you know nice. this is this comes there's a there's a deep truth in that you know right. and the human the human ego is slightly out of relationship with what's possible but it's tapping into a truth in the mystery schools we call that level of consciousness split bria or split briadic consciousness split briatic mm. consciousness is a timeless place where you have ever present creativity in the moment however if the ego isn't ready for that and you're still caught in your psychological history and trauma and story you're going to drop into fantasy. And then as powerful creators, the human design is going to create a fantasy type story of what's possible like the X-Men. But mm. I'm here to say that that is tapping into a great truth and that great truth is being expressed every day and as we continue to heal that we will we will live into that truth. And I, and and I look forward to that day.
0: Well speaking, you know, of this truth. Um you know, some, some believe that true power is a power used with intent, right? And it's, it's, oft, it's often broken into these true di- driving forces. You know, one of the light, one of the darkness, you know, black and white magic. It's all good and evil shit, you know. Is there one of these intents that have more power associated with it?
2: When you talk about what intents has a power associated with it, can you, can you explain a little bit more?
0: basically what i'm trying to get to is what's a stronger power is 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 the power of doing the right thing of of living in the light is that stronger than that of the darkness
2: Mm. i'd say that's a very interesting question isn't it you know the capitalist creation story would tell us that we're all born into darkness and as light beings we are held perfectly beautifully held safely held relatively speaking of course uh, by the darkness itself and they cannot live without each other mm-hmm. so uh, the power that's expressed is gonna depend on what time we're in and the environment that allows it to be expressed and how powerful it is completely depends on the consciousness that's in relationship to it
0: are there powers right now that you believe are using these skills these heightened senses for nefarious purposes. You
2: know, without a doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you take a look at, um, sacred geometry, cabalistic. um, you know designs like the tree of life you can find this stuff uh, all over the world built into the cities all the relationships and the geometries and the distances they're all perfect they're all set up around the world in order to tap into uh, energy systems that exist externally to ourselves to amplify uh, certain states of consciousness and create differently and uh, good and bad people both use these so it really depends on who's in control and what
0: well, yeah, and, and the story at the top of our program was about Russia attempting to exploit individuals that perhaps had powers of various mm-hmm. kinds. And it's also mentioned that they may have been in a secret arms race with with the United States and developing these superhuman soldiers of sorts. Um, right. and, and we hear that, you know, men who stare at goats, you know, all the remote viewing, all, all these other pro- – <laughs> we, we've heard the stories, right? But it seems like fantasy, but this is true shit. And it can't be the first time the powers that be have sought to use these abilities as a war force. So, what do we know about, you know, maybe governments, individuals, secret sects looking to develop their own, you know, militarized X Men, (laughs) for lack of better terms?
2: Well, I mean, dude, you nailed it. You know, I mean, I work a lot with. Dr. Richard Allen Miller, who's your, um, you know, original molder from the X-Files. He's the men who stare at goats guy. He's the guy who trained paranormal super soldiers for the Navy SEALs. You know, he trained them to, to stop thinking with the brain and start thinking in fourth and fifth dimensions by perceiving environments through the heart so that if they had a weird feeling flying that Black Hawk helicopter over that grassy knoll, they would trust that gut feeling and move to another direction because they understand and had mastery over the fact that they're tapping into a timeless place. And so he told me all about, I mean, he's, he's written a ton of books, you know, Power Tools for the 21st Century, so, so many things on herbalists. He's teaching, you know, urban survival skills right now because he believes that we're in end times, which I believe is a way of describing how we're, we're waking up to the illusions that we're under. Um but, I mean, having a very personal relationship with the guy that created these programs, I can tell you that they're absolutely real. And the technology that we use today, uh, you know, that's finally handed down to us, you know, the normals, if you will, the mainstream society is way behind what's being used in in the high technologies. And, you know, that that control system is in place, you know. Um, but not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, it, it, this is, to me, as a healer, this Liberty is all men. part of the yeah, <laughs> this, this is all part of the process, and it's all perfectly built in for us to wake up to what is, come into relationship with it, and then create as the you know extraordinary light beings that we are.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it seems like something is changing, you know, and whether it's the extreme nature of things that were presented right now that's influencing me saying this uh, or not, I, I do believe there's, there's something changing in the air. Um, you know, anytime I talk to, um, those with incredible psychic abilities or even futurists that are in the know, there's a point in the future that they seem to all agree that we turn into light beings (laughs) and it's beautiful and it's interesting. It's fascinating. Um, I wonder if this is that place of play that you mentioned earlier,
2: Mm. You know, it's interesting because when you wake up to the astral realms, you know, which is something you can do when you're lucid dreaming or when you experience an out of body experience, you'll find that uh, matter isn't exactly as solid as you think it is. And, mm-hmm. um, As I've learned in the mystery schools, when you tap into that deep state of consciousness where we work in the factory where energy and consciousness is expressed, we work in that creative milieu, if you will, all the time. And as we do that, um, a lot of funky things happen, such as the... um, Experience of if you're lying on a table, you know, the healy, the person receiving healing is typically lying horizontally on a table. They will have the experience of going completely vertical, completely vertical, almost upside down, and then slammed back down on the table. And to anybody else that is perceiving it, uh, if they're awake to it, they will see the same. If they're not awake to it, they will appear as though they're just sitting right there on the table. And Mm. that the the implications (laughs) of that to me are very eerie in terms of what it means to be, uh, what is able to be perceived and what is actually going on, and uh, how each one of us moves through the world. Um, So I hope that answers your question. You know, we're living in a time now where the spiritual realms are becoming more material, the material realms are becoming more spiritual, and we've got this alchemical mixing that's taking place, and what will come from it is still up for grabs, as it always is.
0: Interesting. You know, I I guess my question would be, and maybe there's there's probably not an answer for this, but just just hear me out here. In a situation where we're looking at um, uh, the the cosmos and ourselves in a in a dualistic approach, right? Um, where you're living with the the suffering uh, and the joy uh, all at the same time. Uh, I wonder if a future that is that is too perfect that where you know perhaps we have transcended into you know quote beings of light is is that going to provide us with enough of that uh combative contrast that seems to fuel us as human beings within this place
2: right all right right are things going to be so perfect do we fall asleep again right is that what you're asking Yeah. yeah Uh, short answer. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the way it goes. It's amazing, you know, because, um, you know, to, to, just touch on the first part of what you're saying, um, what happens is we're gonna wake up to the way things are because that's all there ever is. Everything just is what it is, right? But we've got all of these psychological histories and stories and traumas as we come kicking and screaming into this environment and our ego finds creative ways to live in this world. That we 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 don't necessarily see things the way they are. You know, one person grows up and a fly swatter is used to swat flies, another person to to to, uh, to swat flies, another person grows up and that fly swatter is a weapon. This is two completely univer two, two completely different universes. Excuse me, that people are living in, and um, that is reflected across all of reality. But as each individual wakes up to non dual consciousness, you know that to me is a singularity that is in relationship with all of what is. Then the perfectly imperfect dimension that we live in actually reveals itself as such, as its shimmering beauty. It, it, enlightenment shines because of its imperfection and we come into relationship, and then as everything else does, we fall back asleep again. You know, and there's just greater and greater cycles of this. So we're just approaching this renaissance now. But you know, uh, non non attachment, my friend, it'll be gone before you know
0: it. <laughs> I, I, I want to end with this, Tim. Um, what superpower? Wait, let me let me take a step back. What heightened sense would you personally? like to have developed
2: wow you know it's funny i've done enough healing work now to say i'm good i'm good (laughs) just the way i am you know but um you know to be honest i would love the ability to um to physically time travel i'm such an explorer at heart man and I I just want to see, I, I love, I love seeing the same qualities in the tree of life. You know, these, these 10, you know, simple yet not so simple qualities existing in relationship, being expressed in its infinite complexity and majesty in the kingdom of heaven forever. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you could just fly through like, okay, let's check this renaissance here in 2029 or whatever Ray Kurzweil says right. we're going to be the mystics that I work with say, in the next 50 years so go 50 yeah. years from now go to that Renaissance okay now let me tune in with my resonance machine because I'm so awake in my human body let me tune into the last re- Renaissance that was here let me see what was there then go to the other one let me go let me find the darkest places you know let me see how creative the human design can actually be what did they do to survive during these times of mass crises oh my god you know what is what's what a spirit that existed during these times you know and uh, that's what I would want to do the ability to travel and really experience and explore
0: well speak spoken like a true voyeur tim true true lurker why don't you uh drop your stuff man where can people find you
2: Okay, um, Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole out of Stand Up New York Comedy Club. We're going to be releasing a new website for that very soon. D I T R H dot show. Check out my other show, Cosmic Perspective News dot com, Cosmic per- the Cosmic Perspective dot one, and uh, my main website that has everything on it the third and my very successful party throwing integrating spirituality with the material lives that we live thedivinemovement.com. so i'm doing a lot but i'm having a good time doing
0: it i love it tim and i always love you being here and you're going to be back soon of course you've been on this program more times than anyone uh by far because uh hey you're a part of the family
2: thank you brother appreciate it like
0: very much man So the opener you heard tonight was written by Ken Summers and first appeared in and Weird. You can actually uh, view the article and actual videos of Nina at weekendweird.com. They're crazy. (laughs) They're so nuts. You need to check it out. Or uh, you can just find a link in our show notes. Thanks, as always, goes out to my home station of KHUH and Tim at Deep Talk Radio Network. It was a crazy day today for the station. And uh, we got everything put together. Tim did. Tim got everything put together. It was nuts. Um, I mean, s- somebody set fire to the station. You know, there was a pack of, of, of boars released throughout the hallways. Tim took care of all of it. And so, Tim, thank you so much of Deep Talk Radio Network. Would like to thank this other Tim, Tim Rothschild, again, for being my guest. It's much appreciated. Uh, thanks to Kai, my integrated producer. And, uh, you know, his band Wolves. We'll be playing with Misery Signals tomorrow at the Analog Cafe in Portland. And uh, for more information or tickets, you can just go to Vigilwolves.com. And uh, that's why he wasn't on the show tonight, son of a bitch. But next week, music on tonight's show was from Sleepy Eyes of Death, Dark Ambient, Inner Devil, Noah Twenty Three, Pastel Ghosts, Adult Monkey, Kadetta, I think that's right. AJ Swade, Coltastic, Flaky, Y Dust. Kabiria, Skin and Bones, and CDS. For links to the artist and more info, you can uh, check out our show notes on SoundCloud. Next week, we'll be back live with Scott Wol... Sc- sc- Man, it's the end of the show, isn't it? Next week, we're going to be back live with uh, Scott Wolter of History Channel's America on Earth to really learn how everything we have been taught about our country's origin is wrong. We're talking sacred bloodlines, secret codes, and complete control of our past narrative. So I cannot wait for that. And until then, keep looking up. Thanks so much, Tim. Have a good night.
2: Hey, you too. Thank you. This is great.
3: Follow us on soundcloud.com backslash or subscribe on iTunes to receive new episodes automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.